This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. The shot out to deep left field. It is high, deep in. It is a grand slam. Towards the corner, it's back, it's gone! Welcome to Slam Diego! What is good, Slam Diego? It's been a long time coming since October. I haven't really done a podcast since, but I've been trying to keep up my best with the articles. Season 2 is underway. It's been a while, man. Been working with FanDuel now, so i got a big time job. It's been tough, but this podcast, of course, is... The thing that I love to do for you guys, so glad to be back in it. And uh, I'm also glad that baseball's back. Not just back, but a full 162 back. You know, with a lockout, very disappointing. Uh, I actually had fear, and I was expecting to be no season. Because when it comes to money and two sides arguing with one another, who knows where that's going to really go. But basically... The season got pushed a week. They're going to make up some gains with double headers, full nine innings. Sadly, the extra inning rule with the uh, Ghost Runners back, even though that was offset before. Uh, but it should be fun. 162, the Padres have themselves an interesting offseason as well. Hauling up some young guns, letting Tommy Pham walk, thankfully. No Tatis with the motorcycle accident, which won. Very frustrating, to say the least. This trade speculation. Going around with Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, how that's affecting the ball club. Chris Paddock. Let's talk about that first a little bit. A little bit of Matt Beatty, right? Let's start with uh, Matt Beatty. Getting him for pitcher Ryan. Nice utility guy. Sees the ball well, good eye. Lefty bat. Can he play every day in left field? Sure, if you'd like him to. Is that a see-all, end-all type of outfield? No. Uh, I'm going to stick to my word here. I think when A.J. Preller got rid of Hunter Renfro and Fran Mill Reyes, when they were having a fantastic season a couple years back, I think that was one of his biggest mistakes. Not every GM is perfect, and uh, he basically lost the meat and the power of that lineup in the outfield, at least, uh, with trading him away. Tommy Pham didn't work out. Luckily enough, though, we got Jake the Rake Cronenworth in that deal. Tommy Pham just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And then next thing you know, ooh, we get Sean Manaya. Ooh, man. He's the big name in the trade. I'm just going to stick it to him. Lefty, old school, east-west. Likes to be in that kind of a strike zone. And likes to elevate here and there. Doesn't, you know, show off with the velocity, but that's what I actually like. All about location, deception. Looked really good in game two against the D-backs, man. I'll tell you that. And uh, once we got him, I think we all knew Chris Paddock, who doesn't like to the UPS-style Padre uniforms, is on his way out. And so is Emilio Pagan, who was unfortunately a disappointment. I had a lot of high hopes for Emilio Pagan in our bullpen, but it just did not work out. So he is gone. And, uh, you know, let's see how they do there. But we get Manaya. Hopefully it's not a rental. I understand it's a one-year deal. He's going to probably be looking for money. But we'll see at the end of the day. Chris Paddock. You don't like the uniforms, have fun in Minnesota uh, with a one-pitch pitcher. Don't want to hear two pitches because that fastball never worked. 
his uh, last two years in the league. Just disappointing because I always backed him up too when he was in the minors. I really thought this guy was the uh, was the real deal, and he he had a great he had himself a great rookie season and just didn't pan out to be the second and third. And now the Padres they're looking new a little Jorge Alfaro action. There's so much they traded away Victor Caratini, and that's what really summed it up. Alfaro, of course, had himself a phenomenal spring. He's having himself a phenomenal opening week. Um, and I've always been an Alfaro fan, so the Padres team is looking a little different. Luke Voigt, can't forget about him. Got him for basically nothing as our DH, which is fantastic. My man's got seven walks. He's been walking a lot. In fact, we're going to now get into it, so enough with all that. This Padres team, man, game one versus the D-backs, what better way than to lose in a walk-off versus Arizona? Arizona sucked last year. They're probably going to not be that good this year. They're going young. you got to respect that. But that was the Padres' issue. They were not good against the Rockies, who were not projected to do well yet again. The Diamondbacks, name any bad team, and the Padres would always make a game out of it and lose. That was the big trouble with Jace Tingler. The new guy, the new common collected Bob Melvin taking over the helm with Michael Bedard as the hitting coach. I love it, man. I do. I do. This team need a little makeup. Ruben Niebla as our pitching coach, of course, too. Looking really solid. I mean, Darvish is nasty. Looks like he's got it back. Let's hope this carries throughout the season. No injuries. Darvish, no hits at all. No hitter in six innings. Walked four, three strikeouts. Looked pretty nasty with it, despite a little loss of control. D-backs couldn't score off that until later on, because that's what they uh, save it best for. So, it wasn't looking too bad. Luke Voigt, first ever plate appearances. The bases loaded, an 0-2 count. He works it full and then gets a bases loaded RBI. He's been walking a lot. He's got a really good eye, especially against lefties. And he obviously led the league in the Mickey, Ma the Mickey Mouse uh, 2020 season. But I gotta say, Voight in the cleanup's been really impressing me so far, even if he's not swinging the bat that much. Um, he's getting his walks, he's getting guys on base himself, just keeping up the pressure for pitchers. And, and uh, I gotta respect that right now. Hopefully the swing starts getting into it, and I'm not asking for just homers, you know, you gotta go for the doubles and everything like that, man. So plate discipline, but not only that, but this whole team fouling off pitches. Mad bum. We've owned him for the probably since 2020. Um, and he didn't look good, but he got himself out of stuff. He did. I got to give him credit. So Mad Bum didn't look so hot. We worked his pitch count. But we only got that one run in the meantime because of Luke Voigt's bases loaded walk. And then Luke Weaver came in eventually. So Mad Bum got out of it. That was frustrating. And he still got his stuff, but the Padres got to do better. Listen, plate discipline's great, and I'm going to get into this more as the episode goes, but there is such thing as too much plate, plate discipline. So you had great PAs going from Voight, Grisham, is Bedard and Melvin saying, hey, go up there, always take the first pitch or two, and then see what you got. Look at the release point in the pitcher's hand. Is it that? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Bob Melvin had our catcher Austin Nola leading off, man. Wasn't bad. It's a little weird. I'm not all for it. But hey, change the lineup every day. A lineup doesn't have to stay consistent. And Don Ursillo and Mark Grant did talk about that a little bit in Game 4 against the D-backs. So, I'll take it. Game 3, Game 4. Yeah, Game 4. Um, 
So yeah, Nola went one for four, but he had himself an RBI. He's hitting the ball really hard. Got to give him there. Um, question is, is he your primary catcher? I really don't know yet. If he stays healthy, that's great. I would like to see him there. But I don't mind Alfaro. He was a starting catcher with the Phillies, basically with the Marlins too. I mean, Chad Wallach was the backup. I really like Alfaro a lot. And congratulations to him and also Nabil Krizmat, a uh, late addition. But the starting battery right there, the first ever Colombian starting battery happened in Game 4. That's Major League history right there. Kudos to both of them. They did great. Nabil Krizmat, obviously a uh, a nice pitcher too. More of a reliever, but if he needs to come in an emergency, which we'll talk about, he did it. So, getting back to Game 1. Padres, very frustrating, man. Very frustrating because we had some Major League debuts here. The Padres are looking pretty decent, not the greatest. Um, they're up 2 nothing and everything. Bottom of the ninth, let's close it out, right? We traded for Taylor Rogers earlier that morning. Of course, he's not going to be available later that night, and I totally understand that. But one of the guys making his debut, Robert Suarez, comes in. He can't find the strike zone. Uh, I mean, walk, walk, hit batter, bases loaded. Craig Stammen, who I utterly respect, comes in. And what are you going to do in that kind of situation? I mean, the pitcher has himself in a mess. Craig Stammen. I mean, come on. <laughs> All you had to do was not give up like a wild pitch and an easy run, and that's what he did. Wild pitch, next thing you know, it's 2-1. Three-run shot, and it's a walk-off. It's a walk-off by Seth Beer on National Beer Day. How, how? yeah, I know, the timing's just great. So that sucked. The bullpen just blew it. I know it's just one game out of 162. If we make the playoffs, that means nothing, right? But... At the end, it felt like, you know, Padres are going to Padre. We all had flashbacks of this, and it's just like, oh, you vey, this is what's going to happen. But, hey, if Bob Melvin had Taylor Rogers available, by all means, he would have put him in. I totally believe that. And uh, I like Melvin. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he's strategizing the lineup differently. And I'm really liking the team he's putting together, and I like the guys that are producing that we didn't think were going to produce. And that includes Jerickson Profar and Eric Hosmer. But before that, we're going to go into game two, exactly, as the Padres won. So what better way to get, what better way to, uh, you know, achieve a six innings pitch no-hitter? Why not get seven? Sean Manaya, the newest Padre, looked really good. Oddly enough, when he got traded in spring training, the Padres were playing the A's in Arizona. And they just said, hey. You know, get ready. We're going to give you some Padres gear. And he pitched against the A's. Looked good, man. So I've always had a high hopes about Vanaya. You know, he's pitched a no-hitter against Boston Red Sox. And he did phenomenal work. So, I mean, walked one batter, seven strikeouts. Of course, a no-hitter as well. Tim Hill in his second consecutive game blows the no-hitter. But here, let, let's let, hear me out. Listen, it's going to be cool and all to have that again. Thanks to No-No Joe and everything. But... What's more important, a no-hitter really early in the season and possibly blowing a guy's arm out? We know what happened last year with the injuries, especially with the Padres pitchers. Or getting the win. And it's a team effort at the end of the day. We still won. We got the shutout, which was great. So that is very important. Now, what frustrated me, though, about Game 2, Merrill Kelly 
was playing against San Diego. He's like seven and two with a an ERA under three against the Padres. Kills him, smokes him, everything like that. Uh, he had seven strikeouts in four innings. He was looking good. Here's what frustrated me the most, right? Merrill Kelly is more of that East-West Coast too. He might throw his 95 occasional to 96, but he'll dot you. He'll hit the corners. Change up, really working. Fastball was moving nice. And the Padres were taking too many first pitch takes. I mean, I'm looking, and I get it. Play discipline, work the pitch count, especially in a starter. Get him out there early. And the Diamondbacks, I'm surprised I kind of did. He was really reeling. I really don't remember his pitch count too well. Um, but Grisham... He'll take a one pitch right down the middle or, you know, a meatball, basically. I'm not even going to rephrase that. Jake Cronenworth, one pitch, two pitch. Next thing you know, you're 0-2 you're in the count. So it's like, okay, you got to swing at what you can hack at. And we all know what the damage the Padres can do with these bats. So don't be afraid to take that first or second pitch swing. Don't just sit back, pin your ears back, and, you know, wait for the walk and try and get something going. That's not going to work. That's not that's not how this works, man. But the changeup was not only working for Kelly, it was also working for Manaya. That east-west fastball rises up with it occasionally, especially on righties. The changeup just had that sharp bite to it last second. Really was nasty. And I got to give him credit. 11 hits for that Padres team. Eight were left on base. One for six with runners in scoring position. But how did they uh, get on the board? Yeah, our left fielder, Jerkson Profar, who we weren't sure was going to be the guy, hit a two-run blast in the top of the sixth that brought around Eric Hosmer, our former Padre, Oliver Perez. We're going way back, man. Uh, so Oliver Perez is still in the league, but really hung a pitch there for Jerkson Profar to take, and he raked. So that was good to see. Profar... If he can prove himself to be that 260 kind of guy like he was in 2020, you know, get some clutch hits, really make it exciting. Cool. I'm for it, man. I think he's a perfect fourth outfielder for us, especially with the defensive plays he makes and that we should still be looking at a guy out there unless, you know, we, we can't give up too much because maybe you do get a rental because what about Robert Hassel? How high are we on him? Am I right? What 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 about when Tatis comes back? Is C.J. Abrams going to go in the outfield, even though he made two more than two spectacular plays at shortstop in this series? Congratulations to C.J. Abrams as well, first major league hit as a car, as well. So, you know, there's a lot of questions around that and surrounding that. But Jerkson Profar, if he's proven to swing the twig really well right now, keep him in there, man. I'm all for it. Him and Hosmer, the two that we doubted the most, have really been raking. And then Jerkson Profar, he was basically all the scoring. He had an RBI single in the top of the eighth. Soft, uh, a soft bunt and a little bit of an error helped bring around Eric Hosmer. Some poor base running that got Profar out at third. But that's fine. They still generated a run at the end. And, <laughs> I mean, it was cool to see. I mean, Lamette came out of the bullpen. So that was a rare situation. I hope he does well. Hope he stays healthy. Manaya, though, that was the uh, that was the story of it all. I mean, Sean Manaya was just unhittable. He looked like a thing of beauty. Taylor Rogers got his first save in a Padres uniform. A nice lefty. I really like that addition by AJ Preller. It was good to see too because the minute Manaya is here, you got Gore potentially getting called up. Um, 
you knew Paddock was gone. So, and Pagan was the odd man out in the in the bullpen as well. So I'm glad Preller had a way to put him off to Minnesota. Hopefully to do their best despite the comments from Paddock. I do wish him the best. Watch against the Padres now. He'll be a .98 ERA lifetime for the rest of his career. But uh, this game three was also a good one, man. Padres. 5-2, to two, so a little bit more offense being generated around. Joe Musgrove on his one-year anniversary of the no-no. Felt like yesterday I was crying. I was like, oh my goodness. All my friends couldn't believe me. That's the only, the only times I cried because I saw that live. Um, but let's see how Joe does. Musgrove, this rotation's dirty. This rotation's dirty. If you have it still where it's Darvish, Manaya, Musgrove, hopefully Snell, and so on and so forth, you got yourself... A pitching match. And if it could stay healthy, stay consistent, it's going to be fine. So Joe Musgrove takes out for game three. And uh, it wasn't a good start. David Peralta doubled, made it one nothing, But the Padres in the top of the third wasted no time. Manny Machado and Crony, really good hitting. And Beatty had good uh, base running as well. Matt Beatty was aggressive when Machado doubled. Beatty doesn't have the best of speed too, so that's why I'm really saying that. But that was ultimately putting the Padres on the board. 1-1. Jake Cronenworth. These hit balls were over 107. Uh, and Voight's first hit as a Padre was 107 off the bat as well. So kudos to him. It happened in Game 3. was good to see. And Hosmer, like I said, has been having himself a great, fantastic spring, man. I mean, this is the thing. Like, Alright. I don't mind Hosmer like a bunch of other Padre fans. I'm not trying to blame you guys on this. I get it. It's frustrating looking at his OPS, everything like that. But if Hosmer keeps his swing like he has it, he has a good swing for a lefty. I don't want to see him adjust. Because any guys that adjust their swing late in their careers, it's just weird. It's uncalled for. It's unnecessary. I think in general, it's whatever you're comfortable with. Because when you fix your swing, and I put that in quotes, you're always thinking about I better get a hit off this or else what I th- what if I have to change my mechanics again? And it's like, no. Stick to your normal roots and just go with the pitch. Against Oliver Perez, lefty-lefty. Hosmer's not the best with that. Hangs a slider down and in. Hosmer rakes it, finds some grass, gets a nice hit off of it, right? That's what he's got to do. Anything they try to put outside, whether it's a righty or a lefty, Hosmer waits for the pitch to come to him and goes the opposite way. He's been doing that. In fact, in 2022, the pull percentage for Hosmer is just at 30%. His straight percentage at 40, and the oppo percentage is also at 30. So it's a pretty clean, you know, split right there. 2021 was almost the same, except his pull was less, which I was actually impressed with. As long as he doesn't hit those grounders all the time, I'm all for it, man. I like Hosmer. You can obviously tell the team likes Hosmer too. Many guys, including Cronenworth, said like, hey, we don't want this man to get traded. He is like the guy. He's the voice in our clubhouse. And I totally get that. I do. I, I, uh, he, he's played fantastic defense so far. Errors are going to happen. It's a part of the game. Let's hope that keeps up. He's made some sensational plays at first to where CJ Abrams or Jake Cronenworth or someone like that, Manny, is going to get the credit. But with the pick, Hosmer shows those four goal gloves sensationally well. So I'm all for Hosmer here, man. I am. I know it's a series, and he started off last year in 2020 really hot, and then he dips. 
Listen, every player gets on a hot and cold streak. We let Manny Machado off with a little bit of ease. We let Tatis off with this excuse. There's no excuses. These players go through it. Let Hosmer catch a break, man. Don't let it get in his head. The game, whether you're a pitcher, a hitter, a fielder, I don't care. Wherever you are on the field, 90% of the game is mental. So, you got to give it time. I like Haas. If he could bat five, bat six, just get on base like that. I'm all for it, man. Congratulations, by the way, to Steven Wilson for making his major league debut and also capping it off with a win. That all happened thanks to David Peralta tying the game. I'm surprised this ball carried, but at the bottom of the six off Musgrove, he took a sinker basically the opposite way. Or maybe it was a slider, but all speed. And uh, went with it. And so it was a nice swing. It just had enough carry to it. Made it 2-2. But then Hosmer, look at that. Came up clutch. A really hard hit ball. Put the Padres up 3-2 in the top of the eighth. Nola hit a nice sack fly that brought in Luke Voigt. And then Jose Azucar getting his first base hit uh, in the majors. And congratulations too. Getting his first RBI thanks to CJ Abrams getting his first hit. Getting around to third base. Off the former Padre, Martha Shirkmel Hansen. That's... Uh, that's interesting, I gotta say. So, um, congratulations to them. I like, I love it. You know, have these kids take their time. CJ Abrams has a really good swing. Really just goes with it. Producing power, getting stronger. Question is, where is it going to go when Tatis comes back? I'm still for Tatis at shortstop because this is going to go back to me saying it's a mental game. Listen, chirp all you want about, even as Padre fans, we can defend him, but... If you're holding your breath, just like he is at shortstop sometimes making some throws, you can't have that. He's not the same dynamic in the outfield, and we can all agree to that. He's the spark. He has fun with Manny Machado. I think that's also why he's signed here, right? That's why Manny's the captain. He wanted to come. Tatis, he's a lightning rod on that Padres team. So, I keep Tatis at shortstop. C.J. Abrams had some reps in the last day of spring training and right. He's got the speed for it. He's played some outfield before. I'm for it. I know it's going to be a little awkward if Profar keeps doing well. What do you do with Grisham? And I'll be honest here. If Grisham has a great year, all right. But I'm not the biggest convincer that Grisham's our center fielder every day. He's got that gold glover that's saving his career right now. And he's made some nice plays for us, of course. But with the bat, can he keep it up consistently? Because we we may talk poorly about Myers here and there, Profar, but Grisham also is a 240 hitter who gets you 18 home runs, 50 ribbies, 60 ribbies. I'm not sold on it. So I'm just going to go there and say it. But we'll see how the season goes and everything. The outfield in general, not just the corner outfield, needs work at the end of the day. So, Game 4. Blake Snell was due to pitch. He doesn't really even get a late scratch. He just doesn't go on the mound. I I think when Bob Melvin went up with the cards, he had Blake Snell there. But then next thing you know, the D-backs get pissed because they see Neil Krismat going on the mound and pitching and doing his warm-ups. And they were like, whoa, whoa, we, we prepared for a lefty getting on the mound. And they were not pleased and they get blown out and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, I get it, but it just it wasn't fun at all. Here's why. Snell, a late scratch due to a late left abductor tightness injury on his last pitch in warm-ups. This happened back last year in September. 
And he was pitching great throughout August, everything. And then next thing you know, they set him off too. The Padres were just in a tailspin. Uh, so it's not good. He's most likely going to be on the IL, Melvin said. But this is why we have pitching depth. This is why AJ Preller went out and went to go get Shaw Mania. Nabil Krizmat, kudos to him, man. Most pitches he's ever thrown was 85. He came into this game last second, literally, and did well with three innings. One hit, three walks, four strikeouts, no runs. The bullpen did their part. It was a blowout, 10-5, to 5, but uh, Javi Guerra couldn't throw a strike, and when he did, gave up some nice uh, spaghetti and meatballs, so that wasn't really fun. Uh, but the Padres won. So here's what you got to think. Mackenzie Gore had a great El Paso Chihuahua outing. Seven strikeouts, looked good just like he did in spring training, really got better with his command. Does he get called up? We were really pissed. When we heard C.J. Abrams got called up, but not Gore, and I was too. When I heard they optioned him to AAA El Paso, I was like, oh man, really? Like, we couldn't make room for him, even as a bullpen guy. But, maybe he gets the call up now, maybe it's a sign to have him in there. And I would have I been fine with him in a, as a bullpen piece. I would have. Um, but, maybe he gets the call up. Another star in El Paso, see how he does. Hey, Bob Melvin, the calm and collected Bob Melvin, bring him up, why not? So Snell, you gotta be careful with him. There's questions of his injuries now. There's going to be questions of his command. I wish we saw him today. It would have been much more interesting to talk about that piece on the mound in Game 4, but that's not the case. Now, the Slam Diego Padres. The podcast name Grand Slam and Padres lives on. I'm kidding. It's going to always live on. I'm never going to change the name or anything. Um, so, the Padres, man. Slam Diego couldn't have come at a better time. Caleb Smith was dealing for a good first inning, and then he just got lit up like a Christmas tree. Christmas came early for San Diego, man. Caleb Smith just couldn't find the strike zone in every which way. Uh, wasn't looking pretty for him, and I gotta say, uh, one inning can change absolutely everything. So, it all started with Cattell Marte getting a nice error that brought Jake Cronenworth to first base. Luke Voigt, one of his seven walks, came in this game. He had three walks in this game, man, so that was cool. You had a little Will Myers walk who's been struggling with the bat but really had a good plate appearance in there. And then Jerkson Profar, hanging slider, babooey. Fun fact, Jerkson Profar had only two home runs all of last year. He's already got two with six RBIs within four games. So that's cool, man. I'm all for it. If Profar can live up to, you know, a good that contract extension, anything like that, just do what he's got to do. I'm cool with Profar. I'm glad San Diego's given him a chance like they did with Jorge Mateo before they let him go. You know, sometimes the change of scenery is best. You're not going to have a great season every season. Maybe Profar, it's a revenge season for him and Hosmer. That would be really nice. That would be. So, starting it off with a bang, 4 nothing slam the ego. Then Manny Machado, our captain, also had himself a big game. But before we get into that, Jorge Alfaro, one of my favorites out there, also... Back-to-back jacks. Really hit a shot to left center. Not easy to do that. Uh, so Alfaro went deep and made it 5 nothing, And they went back-to-back. And then it was all fun from there. Nola doesn't hurt the average sack. Fly, so on and so forth. Manny Machado doubled. Hassan Kim tripled. And I'm impressed with Kim. If he can keep up with adjusting to Major League pitching and this is the velocity, I'll take my words back, man. I know he's a great, great shortstop defensively. But uh, he could be a perfect infield utility guy. You know? 
like Profar, if he was a fourth outfielder, Kim would be that kind of other option in the infield. And if he has the hot bat, start him. Put him in there. Why not? Padres, man. Looking really good after a game one heartbreaker. So that, 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 that was tough. So now, in all speculation, the team looks good. It's fun. The pitching, over 13 innings the first two games with no hits allowed. The bullpen's been solid, except for Javi Guerra and Suarez in game one. Can they keep this up? I really do think they can. I think they have the talent to be 85 to 88 wins this year. Who knows where they go from there. So the Padres, this is going to be where they have to go. Don't underperform against easy opponents. And, you know, they're all still major leaguers, but you still have to take advantage of that. You got to go to the Giants and understand they had a big year last year. I think the Giants are going to dip this season. I do. I truly do think that. Um, But it's still competitive in every which way possible. I like Bob Melvin's demeanor. Very calm. Very easygoing. I think he knows what he's doing. I'm very confident for the most part. Even when he put Suarez in there as the closer. Because who else? He didn't have Taylor Rogers at the time. I like his options so far. I love that he's using Pierce Johnson. I think he's a very underrated bullpen arm for us. So I'm really liking Melvin. I'm loving the plate discipline. It's reminding me back to 2020 with San Diego. Really working counts early. Getting starting pitchers yanked out very early. So is Bedar... The secret answer for us, can Niebla keep the pitching healthy? Let's hope. I know Snell was a last-second thing, but you know that's why we got pitching depth. And AJ Peller's not going to be afraid to go out there, trade away someone for an outfielder or more pitching depth for maybe a seventh starter, if you really want to say. And it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how the season goes. And I'm excited, man. Sadly, they don't go to Petco Park just yet. You got to play three in San Francisco. My boy Mark, a huge Giants fan. Hey, let's just try and get those three wins. Now, Nick Martinez, who's another arm in there, will be making his debut. He looked really good, honestly, in spring training. Uh, Nick Martinez has some nasty stuff. So, um, him versus Alex Wood. Alex Wood, he's like hot or cold, and now... Martinez hasn't played. He, he's already been in the majors. He hasn't played since 2017 with Texas. Um, but let's see how he pans out. He doesn't have the best of numbers, but when Niebla, anything can happen. Alex Wood, he's hit or miss. He's a lefty. I'm sure Voigt, who actually started at first base for the first time, and Hosmer sat, which was a smart decision. Um, but we'll see how, how uh, that lineup goes, right? I think Voigt will start at first again. Hosmer sits is a uh, pinch hitter, to say the least. Uh, later on in the game. So it will be that matchup for game one. Darvish and Cobb for game two. And then game three. Shawnee Bowie Manaya versus Logan Webb. That's going to be a fun matchup. Logan Webb's been disgusting last year. And his first start this year. But so is Sean Manaya, man. And so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited. This Padres team. There's still a lot of question marks. And... This is what's going to make it fun. You know baseball is back when you're watching Padres baseball and you're literally just like, your emotions are high and low within every pitch, even if it's a regular season game. I can't keep my eyes off the TV, everything like that. So let's hope for the best. I'm going to keep it up with the uh, TikToks. There's been a new addition to the podcast and everything. I'm starting to do TikToks on a basis uh, it's tough with work, but, you know, when the Padres scored a grand slam, thanks to Profar, I went on my phone right away, 
Made a little TikTok about it. Put it on Twitter. You can check out my uh, TikTok. I have an Instagram page now. That's all on my link tree. You can see that on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, in fact, why not? You really should. That's where my content goes, especially for these podcasts. You can listen on Spotify and more. You can check out my website at Grand Padres. The link will also be in Spotify and so much more. But follow me there. YouTube is going to be coming out soon. I'm just adjusting all the stuff for my uh, video so it looks all professional and good again. And we got to make it great. So that's going to be out there soon. But TikTok on a daily basis when the Padres score or quick game recap you guys want besides just the podcast, it's all there for you. So at Grand Padres is the Twitter. Guys, I will see you after the San Francisco Giants series. We took three out of four. Let's take all three against the rival San Fran Giants. MVPs for this episode, without a doubt, not just the starting pitching, but (laughs) you got to go Jerickson Profar and Eric Hosmer. Those two names I never thought would come out of my mouth. But that is all I have for you guys. I will see you guys after the Giants series, and I'll keep you posted with my daily TikToks and so much more. Really appreciate you guys. Season 2 is underway, and it couldn't be any better. I'm out. Peace.